Uh, and so we, we, we started on uh, last week um, on page 43. But before we get there, it's something I do want to address. I've had this two, maybe three times this week. Somebody has sent me this or asked me about this. And some of y'all may have, have, have seen the TikTok. So uh, I wanted to uh, address this this morning because it has a lot to do with people understanding the background of the Bible. And anyway, uh, there's this lady on TikTok that come out and was, and you can go to Matthew 17. That's where we're going to go. That Matthew 17, 21 in her new Bible has been eliminated. Has anybody seen the TikTok? Besides the people that sent it to me? That, and she goes back to her old Bible and Matthew 17, 21 is in there. She goes to her new Bible and then she goes through four or five other scriptures that are not in her new Bible. Uh-huh. And, you know, the, the hard part is churches nowadays quit having Christian education. They come to Sunday morning service. They come to Wednesday night service. And Christian education, small groups, that's where people learn stuff and understand stuff is in, in that setting. Pastor don't have time to address all this stuff when you're going to do a, a, a message. But before we get into this, I want to give you the background on the King James Bible, and then, then we'll look at this, this verse and why it is and why it is not. Um, before 1604 with King James, there was no printed word. Only the, 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 the rabbis, the priests in the Catholic Church, they had parchments in the church. That was it. So King James wanted to do a, a Bible so everybody could have a Bible. King James passed a law that said, if you're not a Christian, I'm going to behead you. So all of a sudden, overnight, all of England went to 100% Christianity. All right? Praise the Lord. We're going to behead you. If <clears throat> so, so anyway, you got that. But then King James believed in self-chastisement, that the flesh was the problem. And... and if y'all know the word, y'all help me. But they would they would beat themselves with, with whips and they would cut themselves trying to get the sin out of the flesh. And I'm giving you this environment because I want to show you about, about how the Bible, the, the, the format the Bible was translated in. So when you read some of this, you understand the, the, the background of it. And and also, you know, that 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 God would make you sick to teach you stuff and that poverty kept you humble. And because of his strong mandate, the, the people that he got to translate the Bible was under the mandate to translate it under that mindset. Okay? So when you see in the Old Testament, you see a lot where, you know, God did this or God killed that one. And then we, today's society, has got the idea that God does those things. Okay? There was no Hebrew speaking. Hebrew is God's creative language. That's the language God chose. I don't, I don't know why, but that's what he chose. And in England, at this particular time, back in 1600, there was no Hebrew speaking people. Hebrew is a permissive language. God's language is a permissive language. What do I mean by that? It means that if you decide, God says if you do this, this will happen to you. If you don't do this, this will happen to you. So if you do this, then God said, I have to permit permissive to let this happen to you. 
you see what I'm saying? You know, if you break this law, this is going to be the curse that's going to happen to you. All right? But in King James, under this mindset, see, King James translated it, God killed that one. But God did. God said, if you do this, the result's going to be dead. You know, I have to permit it. I have to allow it. Do you, do you follow the difference there? See? And, and what he was, what, what the permissive language means. And that's where you see all this in the Old Testament about God did this, God did that. But really, it's him permit. Just like... We are, they were free moral agents back then, just like we are now. He ha, if you choose to, he has to permit you to go to hell. If you, cho- if you don't choose salvation. You, you, so you see what I'm saying here. So, so they, took, they didn't understand that about the Hebrew language, and they took that out. So when, when you have to think about their mindset when, when this was translated, because they didn't want to get beheaded. They didn't want to get killed. They wanted it to, to please the king. All right? So then you fast forward to this. Well, let's, let's just get this verse first. Alright. Verse 17 and um, I mean, Matthew 17 in verse 21. It says, Howbeit how be this kind cometh out not cometh let me read. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Now, this is where Jesus was up on the mount praying and the man brought the son to, to the disciples, and they couldn't cast the demon out. And so Jesus comes down and casts the demons out. All right? If, if you don't have a reference Bible, I don't care if you study out of it, you need a reference Bible. Because reference Bibles have numbers and letters on certain things that are tell you things. Have you got your school field? What you got today? Oh, you got that one, I gave Tori. I didn't bring my reference Bible. Anybody got a reference Bible in here this morning? Anyway, read that verse. Anybody got a letter or a number by that verse? Exactly what yours. You have the letter. You have the. You have a letter. I'll read. If you got a reference Bible, see, it'll have a letter or a number by that, and then you go to the margin, and it'll tell you that that was not in the original translation. When when Matthew wrote this in the original Greek, he did not write that verse. King James added that verse in there. See, and that's what that reference Bible will tell you, huh? I don't have it. Yeah. So I said you need a reference Bible, but also a reference Bible does a lot of things. If you read a verse, it also could have a letter or a number that will refer you to another verse in the Bible that says the similar thing. See? All right. Huh? I wish I, I thought for surely you would have had your skull Phyllis reading. I didn't worry about trying to bring mine uh, this morning. But you need you need that in, information. To understand. See, that's why when when people have updated these translations, uh, they have left those things out because they were never there to begin with. You know, this lady goes on saying, you know, Revelation 24 says if you remove a jot or a tittle, you're in danger of hell fire. And, you know, just and, and all the way out there because she has no clue what she's talking about. Basically, she says if your Bible doesn't have it, that you need a new Bible. It's basically what uh-huh. she tells Because she don't understand... And, and most people don't understand what I'm telling y'all. That's the reason we have Christian education. <laughs> yeah. But that's why, if you'll find it, it'll say, and, and, and some versions, uh, I know the Amplified does, that verse will be in italicis. Anybody's verse, that 21 in italicis? Yeah. Huh, yours is in italicis? See? All right, now, that's another thing I want to show y'all. When you read this Bible, if you see an italicized word, that word was not in the original. The, this translator added that because they thought it might make the verse make more sense or flow better. So when you see a verse with a 
italicized word, you need to read the verse with it and without it and see if it was really necessary to be there. And I just happened, when we're studying today for a couple of scriptures we're going to look at, it's, it's got some italicized words, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that then. So you need to know that about your Bible, that, that, you know, that some of those things are omitted because they were never there originally, that they were added by this philosophy under King James. And I think, Tori, you got your NIV? Does it have that verse or it does not have it? It does not have it. It skipped it, yeah. Yeah, it just says 21 and then it has the letter. Uh-huh. And then you go down to the bottom and it tells you that it wasn't original. Oh, so your Bible says that. Read, read, read what you said then. Well, what the NIV says. Matthew 17. 21. It actually says some manuscripts in, include here words similar to Mark 9, 29. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say it was not in there, but it gives you something else to look at. Mm-hmm. But like, there's no words. It just says 21. <clears throat> Right, and because it's and so anyway, you need to know that when 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 you read this, why why they're italicized and and and, and, and that reference Bible, like I said, would would tell you a, a lot of that stuff. Also, reference Bibles going going a lot of these words that they did not translate, like the word Christ is a Greek word; it's not an English word, and and King James did not translate the word Christ. And a lot of times, you'll see a letter by the word Christ, and it'll tell you if it's talking about the anointing or the anointed one. See, Christ was the Messiah, the anointed one. Some things they're talking about is the anointing flowing out of him. See, and then some things they're talking about him as the person. And that reference Bible would help you, would help you see that uh, in there. Any questions about that? I know everything to do with our lesson, but I thought I need to, to clear that up. Is, is that this thing's going around and, and where people understand what, they, what all this stuff means. All right. We were on page 43. We're talking about you become what you say and what you think. And I had this quote this week. It says, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the things you did. Any of us that's getting a little longer in the tooth can say that. There's a lot of things we look back, especially when your kids are small, that they're working wasn't as important sometimes as we thought it was. The things we should have, would have done, we wish we had have done. And uh, I think it's old, no matter what your age is, you'll always look back and be disappointed by, I didn't take that chance. I didn't, what if I had done that? And we don't need to, to live our life on, on what ifs. So we ended last week, we were, we were talking about Joel uh, 2.25, about the Lord restoring things back to us. You know, and all, and I want to go back quickly to Deuteronomy 28. We got in a little discussion on this, and I, I just want to t- tell you two things here, and then we'll get back to our book. I try every week after I finish the lesson to pray and ask the Lord what I did. I need to add something. Did I need to go back and clarify something? It's the, these two words that we need to know here in 28. We know verses 1 through 14 are the blessing. And the word blessing means empowered to prosper and have success. When God blessed you, it means He empowered you for you to be successful. It also says in Deuteronomy, He gives you the power to get wealth, but it's not always talking about just money, the power to be successful. All right. So then, if you're not in the blessing, then you're in the what? What does curse mean? Empowered to fail. See? So if you're not living by what this Bible says, and then Satan is the God of this world, then you're empowered 
to fail. So when you see the word cursed, New Testament, Old Testament, it doesn't matter. You have to remember, that's empowerment to fail. Anything that's failure is on the cursed side. Anything that's not successful is on the cursed side. And Galatians 3.13 says we've been redeemed from the curse. God, when Jesus died, he paid that price. He purchased us back out of that curse so we can be successful where things can work out for us. And, and it takes time sometimes. It don't always work out the first time, the second time, the third time, but, but we have to keep after it. So anything that is negative in your life is the curse, and it has empowered that to fail, and we need to examine and understand why. All right, 43, and we'll get moving. It says, God can restore back to you that this... I mean, let's just read the verse. We won't go back and read all we read last week. We'll just read what he's got here. It says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust hath eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. It says, God can restore years back to you that the swarming locust, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust have eaten. God can restore back to you all that you lost because of bad choices, bad investments, and mistakes that cost you time and money. Now that needs to stop and sink in because lots of times we think when something happens and it causes us a loss that it's over with. It's just lost. It's gone. We got to suffer through it. We got, to... but not if you believe the Bible. God can cycle that back around and replace all of that and put you back where you're supposed to be. Maybe a different circumstance that causes it to come back. It may not be the same circumstance that causes it to fail the first time. But don't ever give up, because God can only go as far with us as we will go with Him. When we stop, He has to stop. Because we are free moral agents. See, he's not going to do anything against our will. And when we and I tell people this all the time when talking about money, especially their 401ks. It's only a loss on paper, which ain't nothing. You only actually lose it when you decide to sell it back at a loss. It's only on paper, is all it is when you see those those, those numbers on your retirement. It's it's not a physical loss until you actually redeem that negative piece of paper for less money. It's only a loss on paper. See? But why? Because the stock market does this. For, I mean, since this history, there's highs and lows, highs and lows. And you have to be in the stock market with your 401k for the long term, not short term. See? So don't ever consider it a loss, no matter what it is. It's only a loss if you choose it to loss and you, and you walk away from it. All right? So God knew what he was getting when he saved you. And made promises to you. I wondered that sometimes. <laughs> I just thought I might have get in on the herd, you know. Just <laughs> he don't. He built in the fact. Listen to this now. He built in the fact that you would mess up things, and that he would make up the difference. So we understand the part that we mess things up, but I don't think we grasp the concept that 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 he'll make up that difference for us. That's what salvation is. You know, we studied this in times past. There's two Greek words in the New Testament. Saved and salvation. One of them is sozo. One of them is soteria. See, but we've only looked at salvation as getting to heaven. That word includes soundness, preservation, healing. See, when, when, when you got saved, you got saved from all of life's negative issues. Didn't say you wouldn't have to go through them. Didn't say there wouldn't be problems. 
but he, he redeemed that negative price where you, we could end up being the head and not the tail like we looked at in Deuteronomy last week. See? And then, but we don't use that part of, of salvation. We just think about we got saved, we're trying to get to heaven, but, but Jesus' redemptive power was more, more than that. It was about your, your, your healing. It was about your finances. It was about your children. All of that is encompassed in that, in that one word. And, and if, you don't, if you don't know what Isaiah 54 says about your children, you need to read it, and then you need to say that every day. Let me just give you the verse. I don't know what I... I don't. It ain't 14. And then verse 13. And, yeah, 13 and 14. Isaiah, I'll just read it since we talked about it. Isaiah 54, 13 and 14. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of thy children. And righteousness shall thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come nigh thee. See, children deal, and most of it because we've sowed it into them, children have a lot of fear. They don't want to do things because they're afraid to do it. Not necessarily that it scares them, but they're scared of that failure. And and I think this is the amplifier. What you got, Mary? Amplified or NLT? NLT. Read it. See, I see if that's maybe the translation I'm looking for. 54. 13. Yes, read 13. 13. I will teach all your children and they will enjoy great peace. Who's got it? Has anybody got Amplified? I can get it on my phone. If one of them's going to say something about undisturbed composure. That's the one I want to. Are you ready? You got it? Okay, go ahead. And all your spiritual children shall be disciples, taught by the Lord and obedient to His will. And great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. Okay, just hold. Undisturbed composure of your children. What does that mean? It means it don't matter how much peer pressure gets put on them, that you've taught them and the Lord has helped you teach them that they can stand even if they've got to stand by themselves. That they don't succumb to peer pressure. They don't succumb to what everybody else is doing. They are able to stand on their own two feet. Y'all know we all, we, we, we didn't, none of us know this when we come up. And everybody wanted to be in the in crowd. Everybody wanted to be like. Everybody wanted to be part of that popular part. Which as we get older, we realize how ridiculous that was and how, how bad a situation it was. See, we didn't understand this. Our parents didn't understand this, didn't confess it over us. So lots of times we would do things that we knew were wrong to try to fit in and go with the in crowd. And that's when a lot of us got hooked on the things we got hooked on, and I'll just skip over all, all that, but uh, that's not what I'm wanting to say. But it's saying here, <clears throat> you know, that your children will have undisturbed composure. See, I, it says, In righteousness that shall be established, they will be far from oppression. They're not going to be able to be oppressed. People ain't going to be able to use them to get them, themselves ahead. And thou shalt not fear, and from terror it shall not come nigh them. They're not scared to stand up. They're not scared to, to do what they need to do when, when they have to. See, all that's a benefit for, for, for our children. And, and, and you, you need to read that and confess it and, and thank God for it every, every day. No matter how old your children are. It doesn't matter if they're already grown, if they're young. It, there's nothing. Everything is retro with God. 
because you are blessing and praying this for them, and then they'll catch on. Okay? It said that he would make up the difference. So quit believing that because of your past, you are forever disqualified to live a happy life, a fruitful life in the will of God. He redeemed and restored. He can redeem, restore, rebuild. The question is not, how can I go back? The question is, are you ready to go forward? Go to Jeremiah. Y'all could quote this, but I want to show you this. Jeremiah 29. It's right over there around Isaiah's. and It's a big book, so you ought to be able to come over there and find it. But this is very familiar. You hear a lot of football players, a lot of people say this. I'll give you all a second with that. Jeremiah 20. This is another, another one that you need to know. Jeremiah 29, 11. With it. Okay. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now, you got that in it. You got the NFT. You said, "Mary, mm-hmm. read, read, read that NFT." For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They're plans for good and not for disaster. All right. Now, for this to be personal, this is what I do. It says, "For I know the thoughts that I think toward." I marked out you, and I put my name right there because he's talking to me. The Bible is God speaking to me. When you read it, it's God speaking to you. So when I see things like this, for it to make sense to me, I mark out that you and I put my name in there. And then that's, that's how I read it. So he said, he said, look, i got plans to do good for you. But how do you find out God's plans? By sitting there watching As the World Turns all day. Huh? You have to make a choice. You know, Eric talked about this in the men's meeting last time. You have to make a choice to get up out of that chair and go to that room. You know, that's a choice. It's not going to make you. But if you want things like this to work for your benefit, you've got to choose what's most important to you. And most of the time, when things are going good for us, we don't really put the importance on this, and that's when we need to put the importance on it. Because what happens when that 800-pound gorilla slaps you in the face? You're already behind. You're already behind. And then we go scratching and digging trying to catch up, and most of the time we can't catch up fast enough till the negative event has already taken over our life. That's why when it's important, when things are good, that you keep your faith strong, you keep yourself up, and you work harder when things are good than when they are bad. Because like I said, when you get behind, the same thing with, 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 with a sickness, you know. You get behind that curve, it takes a lot longer for you to get well than it does if you took care of things when you first started having the symptoms or the problems. So, but, but as as human nature, we, we don't want to do that. Things are good. We kind of relax. We kind of, you know, and then bam, the devil slaps us in the face. And then we wonder, what, what's going on? What can I do? But I want you to read, the, let's read, let's read these next three verses behind this. It says, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. So I hear you. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me. How? Sometimes, part of the time, once in a while. How? Single mouth, with your whole heart. I'm taking this serious, God. I, I want these answers in my life. I need to understand this in my life. 
Daddy, I need to know what to do here. See, I'm seeking him sincere. I'm not off the cuff, you know, just doing it out of repetition and here. You know, but Bible says we need, we, we should have, be specific when we come to God. In the, the epistle, it talks about, you know, definite requests. Come to God with thanksgiving and definite requests. Be specific about what's going on in your life and what, what, what am I looking for from you, God? That, I, I need to know this. This is the key. I need some wisdom. This is the, the key issue in my life. How's my way around it? What do I do here? How do I handle this? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 3, what? Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and He'll direct your paths. See, so you've lined up right then. When you acknowledged Him and said, hey, i got to have some help here. I need to understand something, see. Then, with our faith, we have to expect that we're going to get the right information. See, I've acknowledged you in this that I'm, I can't handle this. So that means to me it's in the realm of the impossibilities. Our job is to handle the possibilities. We give it to Him when it's impossible to us, see. And then... We acknowledge Him and then we listen. How do we listen? We listen for information coming this way. This is really important. Our information in the kingdom of God, God's inside of us, our information comes here to our mind and we have the thought. And you need to, when you're trying to hear from God, you need to concentrate. I kind of just put my head this way, kind of, <laughs> kind of concentrate. Because here the information flows this way. All right? If it's you, if it's the, de the devil, or if it's something, that information flows outside in. You'll get it this way. You'll get it this way. See? And you'll know the difference. Because it's still, it's still going to be a thought, but it'll come here and not come here. This information that comes here is coming from what you see, what you hear, what you feel. That is generating this information. This information generated from here is generated from what we're just talking about right here. See, that nudge to yes, to no, to maybe that, do I feel peace? Do I feel upset? How, what, what, and then you'll, you'll know as you begin to pay attention to it, you'll, you'll, you'll begin to realize, hey, that thought come up out of me. It didn't come out into me. And, and you'll begin to know the, notice the difference. And that's how you learn to hear the voice of God, is learning to decipher well, where did that information come from? And you'll know it'll, 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 just, it'll come up and in with the same. It'll be a thought. It won't be anything weird. But you'll start noticing the information didn't come out in. It come in out. Well, it says, so you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart or when you're serious. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place which I caused you to be driven away. And I read that this morning for the lesson. That, that goes back to what we're talking about being permissive, saying God did, God, you know, he's saying I caused you to be carried away. I put you over there in captivity. But what was he saying? He told Israel, if you do this, then the Babylonians are going to come take over you and put you in and imprison you and in, enslave you, see? So they did it. The Babylonians come guide them. They're in captivity right here, see? So, so you know, they did it. God had permitted it to happen. But King James translated it. God put. God did it. God did it. God did it. In there. All right? Second paragraph. It says, if you will give God a chance, He can make more of your future than you could if you went back and lived the past again. 
He'll make more of your future than if you went back and tried to relive your past. You've heard it said, He's the God of second chances. The problem is that the problem is not that God won't grant a second chance. It's but people won't give him a second chance. They are too willing to disqualify themselves because of what they have done or what they could have done or would have, should have done. And I'll tell you this from, 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 from my own experience. You know, you, I mean, Andrew were talking about, you know, we, we celebrated our 33rd wedding anniversary this weekend. It's the first time in months, just me and her. I said, yeah, this is good. It's been a long time since so me and you, just just me and you. We always got young'uns or grandkind'uns or church or, you know, you need to take time just for y'all to sometimes. So anyway, we just we just talking, you know, and, and you look back and you say, you know, 33 years ago, I, 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 there's no way I could have dreamed or thought that my life would end up as good as it did. You know, you just, you just, you just I just, I, I didn't, back then, I, I, I just didn't have capacity inside of me to see what God is really capable of. If we'll just do a little yielding. You know, we started our marriage off in, <clears throat> in, in a very bad place. You know, uh, by almost time we got married, I left Van Houston. We, I, I, I started that business. Josh is born, and <clears throat> and then we lose the business. And so, you know, because the, I don't get in all circumstances, but the, the Gulf War caused the contracts to be pulled back, et cetera, et cetera. All that's not important. So here we are, been married just a year, just a few months, and here we all got, we got 90, and, and this is 1985, six, way back. You owe $90,000. You ain't got a job. The next week, Angie comes home and she got laid off. She ain't got a job. And just the, the, the pressure, because you don't know what you know, didn't know all this then, what I know now, but that, that pressure, you know, that the, the cold sweats, you it's just all, I mean the the and it just that pressure just 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 generates, generates, generates. Baby gotta have milk, you gotta have the lights on, uh, you know, and, and you just generate all 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 that pressure and then because we think about it all the time, it just builds stronger and stronger and then it just consumes you, you know. And and so you start in that and then you end up where we are now. I said all this to say that that see even though I didn't see it, I didn't understand it, wasn't even saved at the time, God had a plan to restore all of that and bring us from all of that to, to, to what He's done, done for us now. See? So don't ever call it quits. Don't ever give up, give up on it. Stay, stay, stay with it. Let God be, be, be true to, to, to what He said to you. Because you can look back, every one of y'all, most of y'all, as few not, but the majority of everybody's been, been 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 married several years in here. I know Steve and Eric, Mark, y'all can look back. You could have never thought then you'd be doing what you are now. Is that right or wrong? Eric? That's exactly right. I, I mean, you know. I didn't even know jobs like you existed. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but in the God had one for you. That's that's the thing that we don't understand is don't know that existed, but I couldn't even fathom that he could have one for me. Come on. That I could I could be that. I could do that. I could have a part in this. You know, and, and so you, younger people, you have to open, open yourself up and realize what I am today is not what I'm going to end up being. I got to stay with the course. I got to stay on the path. I got to walk it just day by day. Don't get caught up in the, in the, 
hullabaloo, just just walk it day by day. Let life come. Hullabaloo. Oh, <clears throat> that's another one of my old words. <laughs> You don't make lose my train of thought. <laughs> but 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 if when we're younger, we, 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 we put too much pressure on the situation trying to make things happen instead of letting them develop. Just just relax. Let let God bring life to you. That's what I, I, I especially he's like me, he gets wound up real tight real fast. You just just, just let it develop. Just just let it come to you. It, it, it'll, it'll come, just be patient. It ain't going to all happen today. It's got to be, like Mary said, it's got to be now. It's got to change now. Well, if it changes now, then probably I'm not going to mature any and know any more, and I'll be right back in here in, a, in another week or two where I started from. Let life, just relax and enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride. Let God bring life to you day by day. Then you'll look back in a few years and you'll say, wow, I didn't know all that I could get here. See, but we don't 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 get all caught up in the hu- in the hullabaloo. <laughs> you know, you were just talking about not seeing ourselves the way we are now, and how good we could have it. How many times have we maybe have missed having it sooner by thinking we don't deserve it ourselves? That's right. And you'll never if you don't think you deserve it. I mean, it'd be hard for him ever to get it to you. He'll pass it by you several times, and you'll just go right over it because you don't think you deserve it. You don't think that you you, you should. In there, and that's that's a hard place to be. But it's all, <clears throat> and I don't know how how all you guys got got where you are. Uh, but it's going to take faith, and it's going to take obedience and trust in God. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when when He told me what, or He didn't tell. I didn't mean to hear the audible voice, but but in my communication with God, what He wanted us to do, you know, and, and start the farm and all that. You know, He said, "I, I want you to be." Well, you don't have to ask anybody to do anything. And when I need you to go, you don't have to ask nobody for money. All the places I go and I do, everywhere I've been, I've preached and teached and done all this, I don't ask for nothing. Now, if they want to take an offer and give it to me, that's 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 okay. I don't, but I don't. It, it don't. I mean, if I got to stay in a hotel, if I got to use an airplane, I, I I just do it. That's that was my assignment. But the faith part took. Leaving a hundred thousand dollar a year job and making twenty thousand dollars—that's the disconnect. See, and sometimes we we have to realize that if this is God's plan. See, what I didn't know then that I know now was when He asked me to do it, then He become obligated to look after me. See, then that's what we don't understand. When He makes you make a faith move that looks like a step back, then that's all that He's doing is trying to get you to develop that trust in Him. That that is not your source. I'm your source. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I, I'm not asking you to take a step back to put you behind, I'm asking you to take a step back so I can get you ahead. See, I needed to come back and over. See, where I was going was was, was going to be a dead end street in there, in 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 in, in that career and the, the the people you have to be around and the things that that, that, that go on in some of that business environment are are. are very shady, very under the table. I just leave, leave all that there. So to, to, to live the life he wanted me to leave, live, I had to get out of that environment, which, which I didn't realize it, but it wasn't a step back. It was a giant step forward. And so it's going to take faith, whatever he asks you to do. It's going to take, take faith. You know? And then especially when you know, I was 36 years old, had, 
had two kids and and you're going you know so anyway I, I said all that say that don't don't just just let it develop don't and, and just be sure that you know that 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 it's God and then just just let it be it's not your responsibility anymore once he says do it then it's up to him it's up to him when them bills will come I say hey Jesus you got mail <laughs> it's his responsibilities see but but that was the learning curve for us to learn well now did he not say I'll supply all your needs so then why do I care if I make a hundred thousand or if I make one thousand why does it matter to me did you see the difference of how we look at our life we judge ourselves on our success by how much money we're making when the Bible does doesn't say anything about that see he said I supply all your needs you just get in my will you find out what I want for your life and then it's on me but you got mail Lord if you want me to read my Bible, you're going to have to keep the lights on where I can see. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, I mean, that's how you have to, you have to talk to God like you would talk to your mate or, or, or whoever your friend is. You know, you got to have, you don't need all that thee and thou and precious Lord and forget all that. Just talk to Him and He'll talk back. Sometimes you ain't going to like what He might say, but He'll put it back on you. See, but that's how you develop and you can trust Him until you know that you can trust God for yourself. Now, what somebody else says, somebody else does, you'll never get where you're supposed to be. You've got to learn to trust God and know that He's got you. Period. No matter if death's knocking on the door, if the bill collector's knocking on the door, none of that moves me. I'm not moved by what I, the circumstances. I'm moved by what I believe. Does that make sense to y'all? See? And it's a, it's a giant step forward, but you've got to start with those baby steps in everyday life. Everyday life. Let's start with those baby steps. Go ahead. And too, Vic, uh, I know we might be in a job right now that we absolutely hate. And that's the way I was in the job I had before I got this one. I got, but, but that job, he was preparing me because I got saved on that job. And then I got so close to God on that job because I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I said, Lord, what, what are you doing? Why am I here? You know, I'm serving you and I'm doing and I'm still. But what he done, he was lining up everything because the job I got now, I met the fella that gave me that job by driving a truck. I don't know. He was lining it all up. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see yeah. it. It took five years for mm -hmm. me to. And it makes me want to get frustrated and quit, don't it? It did. Yeah, it, but, but you got. He. he, he <sighs> He can see that. And you can kind of with your kids, you know, they get like that. And, 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 and we up here, because we are older than them, and we can, you know, same thing with God with us. He sees all this that we can't see. And he sees how this one connects to that one, to connects to that one, to connects to this one. And, 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 he, and sometimes you've got to go through that uncomfortable season to get, get those connections to get where you're supposed to be. And then, yeah. It's kind of in the same boat with everything, you know. I had a job when me and Michael first got married and everything that I was able to come to church. That's where I met Mike at. And then I got a job at the plant. And then you go from coming to church to not coming to church because you're working seven days a week and can't. But then it lined up that, you know, I got activated for two years. But then I got put into perspective of meeting and getting in good with people that were technicians to they after I got off, you know, I got turned down the first time, but then they helped me redo everything, and then God opened up that door to where I am now. I started off in Montgomery, where then he opened up another door, because I was driving 90 miles to work one way. Yeah. 
So then he opened up another door to the job I got now, where I'm just going to bring his door. And now I'm able, now I was able to get back in the church to where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like you said, he always lines up everything, mm-hmm. and we don't know, or sometimes we don't understand everything. And it's like with faith and everything, because when I took that job, just like you said, you know, you got you making here, and then you making this right here. Well, I took that faith mm-hmm. and got because I got back in church, but I also took a big pay cut. But it's amazing how you know you look at your bills because you're making here, so you're living here, yeah. and then you come here, and then you like. When she put it out on paper, you're like, there's no way but God. That's right. This is- and that's what he wanted all the time. He wanted to be nothing but God. Then this Stephen can't walk around and say, I did this. or I did. And that's what the Bible talks about. He's never going to put it where we can boast ourselves. He's going to be where nobody can get the glory but Him. But I think too, as, as people, we don't like being uncomfortable. When things get uncomfortable, we want to move. We want to go somewhere else. We want to do something else. When lots of times we need to just stay put and try to understand what's going on, what's developing, what's he trying to do for us. But too many times, you see, not, not just in jobs, but, you know, that's, that's why the marriage rate is like it is. People get uncomfortable. Those, those marriages are going through changes, and it's easier to get away from it than it is to deal with it. And then we don't mature and we don't, we don't learn. Thing, you, you see where you come from. And then it's like you said, when stuff, when the devil starts throwing curveballs at you, start, and it's like you start... The, the stress, you start thinking about things, but then you've got to realize, hey, he brought me from here, and you're here, and then you, everything's fine. Why are you? That's why everybody needs a journal. You need a journal to write stuff down in, in there, you know. And, and when I when I got some major things going on, I'll write it in there. I prayed this day. This is what I prayed. I don't put the whole prayer, but the, you know the verse or whatever, and I put what it is. And then when it when it works out or answers or, or whatever, I go back and I put when, and I can see the distance from when i done it to when it happened. But also, if I messed it up, I got me a red pen and I write that in red. Or, you know, this didn't happen and I think it was this, this, this is why, you know, and, 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 and it's good and you go back. You know, and things that me and Angie want to happen to us, we've taken pictures of those things and we got them on our wall in, in the office. We call it our faith wall. And once we believe it and we get it, we move it from that side to that side. And then we put what the next thing, if it's a piece of equipment or, or whatever, whatever it is, something for the family or whatever, we'll put it here. And we'll go to believing. We'll get us a prayer of agreement. We'll go to believing. And then we'll put it over here. And, uh, all right. Good class. Thank you. Y'all have a good week.